0: Welcome everybody to the Pub Time Podcast. I'm Ryan,
1: and I'm Brad. I'm Dick and Dayton hanging in the background.
0: And tonight we have a very, very special guest for you—the one and only Matty Ice.
2: What's up, fellas? And you better have said special guest. I mean, I would have been a little bit upset if you just said we have a guest tonight. You know, it's no, not no, a big no. Silly. Extraordinarily very special, guest. special.
1: Yeah, very special. Especially for happy. the pub.
2: Hell yeah, man! I am happy to be here, though. I've been trying to get on the show for a while and we just always missed each other. But um, I appreciate the work you guys did for my show a few weeks back. I I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. So I appreciate it. And I'm happy to be here. And uh, thanks for allowing me the time to come hang with you guys.
0: You know, speaking of that, I listened to your, you had like a podcast shout out episode. Yes. That is possibly the nicest thing anyone's ever said about us collectively in one place. So we appreciate that.
2: You know, problem. The thing about it, I I realized this recently, actually, that um, we're always competing with each other and I get that it's a competition and I understand that we're all vying for listenership and ears and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, I think the world has enough competition and enough like us versus them mentality and just about everything. Like you can't find anything. I mean, I could go out right now and say blueberry muffins are the king of the muffin and find God, like millions of people who think I'm full of shit and you want to cancel me. Right. So when people are nice and it's genuine, I feel like that should be rewarded rather than not talked about. And so I wasn't doing enough for the podcasting community of the people that I had made friends with who have helped me out and who I've helped out. I just felt like the right thing to do. And I don't think it's done enough. So that that's why I did it. And the first one had to be you guys, you guys had to be on it. Cause I've been talking with Ryan for God months now
0: since September.
2: Yeah.
1: And that's awesome. It, it's funny. Um, you mentioned that we're all sort of competing with each other. And I'm a super competitive person. I think we all are. We all coached and played sports and stuff like that. But I would say for, I, I've never really viewed all of this as, especially with other indie podcasts, as competition. Although I get that is that's it, what's is happening. Is time
0: to start? Start throwing <laughs> on a little war paint? Start getting in that ass a little I get bit that or what?
1: I get that's, I guess, the reality of it. But I think we're all, and maybe I'm making some incorrect assumptions, but I think we're all at a point where none of us are, like, on the verge of revolutionizing yeah. podcasting or anything like that to an extent. So, I mean, we're all sort of in the same boat, and I think that we're in a position where all we can really do is help each other. Um, you know, I know personally, like, for us, like, if I came on here and talked poorly about another podcast, it it, it would be really dick move character wise, but I don't know that it would negatively impact their podcast. You know, I don't know that no, we have that reach. Not. Right. Yeah. No. Um, no, but I do agree. think that we can definitely boost up, um, other podcasts and things like that. I, I love, I, just like you said, um, some of the relationships and the people we've met through all this process, um, Mike and Tabby at happy hour. We've, we've made some really good relationships with, uh, the guys at Tallboy radio over in England, uh, which is awesome. I know you and Ryan have talked a lot, and this is really awesome. We're getting to do this, so uh, it's it is it's, it's a neat community to be a part of.
2: Believe it or not, I'm not really an extrovert by nature, so podcasting is kind of out of the the norm for me. I mean, I I'm fine in big groups and talking, but Ryan knows this. Like, I don't talk a lot in in chat groups and in other things because it's just not me. Like. I don't feel comfortable doing that, but it's not as if I'm not paying attention. And so I branch off into singular conversations with people, which is how Ryan and I connected. He asked me about some stuff. And it's funny, you said the other day that you've never not answered one of my questions, which makes me believe that people are out there not answering questions that people have when, again, we're all in the same boat. And when I say it's a competition, it's like an unspoken competition because there are very few relationships where people – are so genuine that they're not thinking about their own show. Like, how can this get me something? And I just don't feel like that's the way to look at relationships. Like, if you naturally, organically get friendly with somebody who happens to be a podcaster, treat that relationship with respect and show it the love that it deserves. And I think it's more important than ever to show it publicly. And that's why I decided to do it in an episode and and tweet about it. So that other people can see like, hey, you guys are great. And you've done great things for me. I'm going to acknowledge that. That's just me.
0: This this might be our last episode. We'll just (laughs) stop right here. Like I said, this will be the nicest thing that's ever said. We'll just, hey, guys, it's been fun. 51 episodes. (laughs) See you later.
2: You want me to you want me to go on a expletive laden, laden tirade so that you can edit the other part out and just put that tirade in there and you can be like, see, this is what I'm talking about. No,
0: save that for the end. That's how we end no. the show every time. So,
1: <laughs> so I am I am curious. Cause I listened uh, to the indie podcast uh, shout out episode, and I do. It's funny because you kind of described us as an acquired taste, which we have said amongst ourselves multiple times. Like we totally realize that. Um, our conversations, our stories, our outlook on the world—even though we differ between the three of us—but it, it, it's it's unique. And I mean, there's even been moments where I've found out that like family members of mine have listened, and I almost cringe because I'm like, oh my goodness, like you're gonna think that I'm just this awful person. <laughs> how
0: how far have you listened? You <laughs>
1: right, thinking? like what episode did you listen to? Oh, you heard me say that. Ugh. <laughs> But I am kind of curious, like, of of your take and, like, where um, you, you said there's certain things you're more interested in than others. Um, I wondered if you'd be willing to go into a little more
2: detail on that. You mean, like, in your show specifically? Yeah. Or just stuff that – so I think for me, like, I can't think of specific episodes necessarily because I listen to a lot of stuff. So I try and support when I can, but – if I don't get to every episode, it doesn't necessarily mean that I, I'm not interested, but the times where I generally find myself into what you guys are talking about is when the three of you seem like you're in this other place as far as your conversations go, or it's something that maybe I can relate to that maybe I wouldn't have otherwise. Like some of the stuff you all talk about, you talk, you know, I've, I've heard you guys talk about things like your coaching and stuff like that. Never done any of that. So I don't really know, or can't really relate with some of that. Some of the, you know, where you all live, Uh, there's things that I can't relate to because I've never been there. And I understand that my life is very different than some other people that, and so it just comes down to the things that, like, I I really like the one you did on abortion, actually. That was, uh, that was actually not too. (laughs) Well, it's funny. That That was, that was off the cuff. Well, and we,
1: when we started this, like, we were like, okay, like we'll talk about basically anything, but we want to keep political issues like at arm's length, uh, just steer clear. And it kind of come to the point where we, we found ourselves talking about it amongst ourselves. I'm like, let's just talk about it. Like, it's not like any of us are going to say anything that's that damning or, that we're you know, I don't think. And I thought that really we didn't plan it out as far as how we were going to go about talking about it. But I was really – I thought we handled it really mm-hmm. well considering how we've talked about different things in the past. I didn't think that we – I think anybody with any opinion could have listened and not been offended or not felt alienated. It was just three random You can guys. only
0: piss off fifty percent of the people in that situation, <laughs> regardless of what you say. So
2: to be fair, that's though, fortunate. Like, I did a similar episode about it to try to take the approach that you all did. We're not taking a side, we're trying to talk about it as a general concept and you can be, you can feel one way or the other about something like that without having to be at each other's throats about it, and to me, life is very multifaceted. Most people nowadays want to live in the black and white instead of the gray area, which to me is the much more fun place to go because there's a lot more opportunities for for many things, in my opinion, so I, I like when you guys get into stuff like that where it's off the cuff of what you started doing, right? Because I know you guys started doing, you tried to do a little bit of true crime type stuff and and stuff like that. If Correct me if I'm wrong. That's what I remember. But yeah. It's been a
0: while. Oh yeah, we, we dabble. We dabble in just about anything.
2: Yeah, but you guys are better when you're off the cuff. You know what I mean? Like when it's not something that you're trying to say, okay, we want to make sure we hit these points and these points. I like podcasts where people are just c- conversing with each other. It's not that, that podcasts that are telling a story or telling you about true crime stuff aren't interesting. It's just not my brand of it because I loved radio from a very young age and it was like sports talk radio. So that's just people, again, letting it go. You're having an organic conversation about whatever comes up. And it's amazing how you can take an hour of content and say, we want to hit these four points, but you can go off on these tangents that end up being some of the best stuff you've ever done. And it's not something that you thought you were going to talk about. I like stuff like that, like when I was on with Mike and Tabby a few weeks ago. Excuse me, we talked Stranger Things, but we also talked about other stuff too. And I'm sad it didn't make the cut because we talked about like how Tabby was homeschooled and stuff like that. And those are much more fun to me. Like when you're when you're often you're learning about somebody. So yeah, you're being real guys because I learned something about you guys
1: for sure. It's almost like. uh... If you were going to be sitting in the back seat of a car on a road trip, like what conversation happening between the people in the front seat would you be interested in yeah. listening to? Right. Mm-hmm. And if, and that's a good point. Like, honestly, if, if I was sitting in the back seat of a car and the people in the front seat were talking about John Wayne Gacy, I don't know how <laughs> engaged in that conversation I would be, probably. How, how you know, I mean, <laughs> right. where's this car going? I don't know. Uh, this duct tape seems out of place now. Why is the driver dressed I, like a clown? I do think, I would agree with that. I do think that we are sort of at our best when we are debating a little bit
2: issues, you know. Uh, to I'll some tell groups. you why I like you guys so much. It's because you're real people. You're genuine people. You're not afraid to be who you are on the airwaves or off the airwaves. I get the sense that the people you are when the mics turn on are the same people that you are when the mics turn off. And those are the people that I like the most. I don't actually care if you are aligned with me politically or anything else. If you show me who you are, I appreciate that so much more than how much we actually have in common. Does that make sense? And the reality of that is we aren't necessarily politically uh aligned the same in in all cases but we still hang out
1: on such a regular basis and we tolerate each other <laughs> well and that's just it that, and i don't mean tolerate we're a mi- he a said tolerate <laughs> we are a we are a microcosm right of what the world should really be like is just because you may disagree on certain things it doesn't mean that you're wrong or that i'm right or i'm wrong or you're right or you know in the case of abortion just because you disagree with it or you have a certain position doesn't mean that Right. It should be we've, illegal. Last couple like, of weeks we've yeah. said
0: it. Your opinion should matter to you. Yeah, Nobody I mean, else.
1: whatever you believe. Just because you don't think something is right or acceptable because of your beliefs doesn't mean that that thing should be illegal or criminal in whatever way.
0: For everybody else.
1: Right. Yeah. And, and that's what we're dealing with a lot of now from all angles is, well, if you don't agree with what I'm saying, you shouldn't be allowed to say that and you should be silenced. And that's not... A way to do business that's not a recipe
2: for success and
0: um, I don't know very, very unfortunate situation
2: we're in I would just rather people be who they are and not try to be a a, a checklist of whatever whatever their beliefs are and you see that a lot and maybe this is going to get me in trouble, but I just feel like I don't people ask me too like well what are you? What side do you align with? And I'm like, I don't. I actually align in the middle because it depends on what you ask me about. Something like abortion, I don't have to be for or against it to allow it to be safe somewhere. Like if my neighbor gets an abortion, I don't actually, I, will, I pass no judgment. So I don't have as much of a strong opinion on something like that. But let's say something that might generally affect me a little bit more, I might. But again, many times I look at instances and, and situations and I make a, a logical and reason-based decision on how I feel about it. And a lot of times it comes with where you grew up and how you grew up and what you were exposed to. Let's take race, for instance, and we don't have to belabor this too much, but like Mm -hmm. I grew up not seeing race. And it wasn't until recently that I realized that that was actually not a great thing to be able to say that out loud, that it's important to see that people are different and recognize how people are different. And what we have forgotten is that this country was founded on people being different. It was called a melting pot but was something that we love to talk about the 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 united states of america was we we were a melting pot of people and that was the greatest thing and now all of a sudden we focus way too much on how we're different instead of trying to come together and i just don't see a need to to further that in something as small as the podcasting community so that's my my rant on yeah i love you guys
0: little do you know these two guys over here huge fans of division That is absolutely (laughs) not true at all. That is absolutely not true at all. Huge fans.
2: If if we're talking about the Ubisoft game, the division, I'm I'm all for it. But if we're talking about real division, then uh, no,
1: we are not talking about real division. (laughs) You gotta watch. Unless we're talking about math, then different story.
0: Let's talk about the NCAA division. What do you think about that?
1: Yeah. Uh, So, um, five for five. We're gonna, and I guess we're gonna do a little differently.
0: Oh, yeah. we're. I'm stealing this. I'm stealing this. I was lucky enough to have a little episode with Ryan Leskis last week from the Payne Productions. And we're going to steal his fat bag of six idea. So, five for five tonight. We are drafting five best college sports traditions.
1: And I love these are, I mean, this is merging two things that I, I really love together. I love traditions of any kind. I'm a sucker for tradition. Um and then I think that college sports is sort of the the sweet spot of sports. And I get that like the NIL thing is changing changing it a little bit, but like the way I've always seen college sports, it's the highest skilled amateur athlete. Right? I thought so that getting, was the Olympics. You're getting Well, you're getting the highest level of skill without them being a professional, being paid. And, yeah, sure, we could argue whatever. Were they being paid? Was Reggie Bush being paid at USC? Blah, 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 blah. But in theory, it's, you know, I love high school sports, but like I said, college is, is the elite, the elite of the elite, and they're not pros, and they're still playing, and it's for the love of the game, per se. And then you add all the tradition and stuff into
2: it. I'm a big fan of that.
0: All right, Ice Man, you're the guest. You get first pick.
2: I mean, it's it's super obvious if you know where I came from, but it's going to be Enter Sandman, Virginia Tech. Uh, I lived it. I lived that for five years, and I will say this: when I grew up in Rhode Island, college sports really weren't a thing. So I wasn't as attuned to college sports. And when I decided to go to Tech, it wasn't because. They had a football team. It was because I wanted to be, or thought at the time, I wanted to be an engineer. And so I went there. And football just was kind of a nice, I guess, it was a gravy on top of it. Like, oh, that'll be cool. I'll get to go to those. I was a year after Michael Vick left, so I didn't get to see the Michael Vick years, unfortunately. But it was in what I consider still a heyday because Virginia Tech was still good back then, like perennially in the top 15 all the time. But. The first time I ever did enter Sandman and experienced it, now Metallica is my favorite band. So going into this, that was obviously amazing. And it was something that just changed the way I viewed camaraderie. And I understand that college towns are, you know, they're they're all about their colleges. So you're going to get that. It's going to be different. But I've been to pro sports games where the crowds have been amazing, but nothing beats that for me. And that's bias because that's what I lived through.
1: I agree. I would say this if. That is uh, very high on my list, uh Inner Sandman for sure. I think that's one of the best traditions out there. It, it's probably by far the best entrance in college yeah. sports for sure. Um as a and you talked about college environments. So we went Ryan came with me, another buddy, my dad, we went to a Notre Dame game last year. I'm a Notre Dame fan. And my buddy has been to other sporting events, pro hockey, baseball, pro football. We went to Notre Dame Navy. And he's like, Man, this is the best sports environment I've ever been in. And it wasn't even like a highly contested game by any means. Uh, but he's like, This is totally awesome. This is better than any Cardinals game or blues game or whatever else that I've ever been to, Rams game back when they were is, still in St. Louis. Is that
0: your first choice? Where are what? you going? What, what's no. your choice? What's my okay. we are Drafting? So here. I'm it's next. Okay, so
1: this would have been the number one on my five for five list and that is the wave at Iowa. You're an asshole. Um, and I'm the lying. reason – the reason, and I know it's not a well-entrenched tradition because it just started a couple years ago, but the reason I think that it is the best tradition is because it's the only one that everyone participates in. The home team, the away team, the referees. I mean, it, it, it's it's a few moments in time where everybody in that stadium has – the same exact thing on their mind for the same same reason and for those of you who don't know what that is um, Kinnick Stadium at the University of Iowa is literally right next to a children's hospital that's on the campus and at the end of the first quarter they stop the game they play the song uh, Wave on Wave by I think it's Pat Green and everybody turns and waves at the children's hospital and they, they got you know they're all in the windows and stuff and everything else and it's It's hard to watch that happen in real time and not get a little emotional about it. So, like I said, it's one of those things that everybody's on the same page for those brief few minutes, and that's why I think it's the best one. All
0: right, my first one coming off the board, and we talked about this the other night, and it was creepy. I know Facebook listens, but YouTube might as well. I go to lay down, I flip this on. I'm pretty sure Jameis Winston is quarterback. It's a night game. The camera pans in chief Osceola comes out and I mean, he's getting after it. I don't know who they're playing. I can't remember. And he buries that fucking spear in the 50 yard line. Place goes crazy. Love it. Love it. Uh, and not only I love that the Seminole tribe is behind it, you know? Right. You're, that's how you, you know, history. I love history, huge fan. And that's how you keep it around you know what i mean
1: yeah i agree with that and like
0: my you can't, th- <clears throat> some things you can't just bury and push away we well, we did that a lot well, and that's that's a lot of it is, people, is so.
1: and i don't have all the facts but in a lot of these cases at least in my opinion it's not the people who are being represented or offended Misrepresented, i guess yeah. that have a problem with it. It's usually someone who's completely unaffiliated with whatever group it is that's being offended on their behalf, um, which is why it's so unique and cool that uh, the... How
0: long before the Catholics are offended the, by the, Notre Dame? That
1: the Seminole tribe or vice is versa. so supportive.
0: When will that go through? I, I have Hopefully no answer. Tomorrow. I
2: have no answer as for a, you. As a recovering Catholic, they're offended a lot.
0: Good so, man. <laughs> yeah. Ice right, Iceman, you're up.
2: No, I'm not
1: oh yeah uh, i don't participate he yeah. he's he's a debbie downer he
2: that's great actually because that means <laughs> that uh, i have more of a chance of somebody making it all right Touche. my number two is army navy nice um, uh, yeah so it's funny my wife and her family they're all air force my wife's not air force but she comes from an air force family so theoretically speaking i should be leaning toward air force but my dad was in the navy and i just love the history of it actually you could it, it it pains me that the other service academies don't get the same love that Army-Navy does, but Army-Navy has been around so long. And what I love about it is that it gets its own shine. It doesn't happen on some random week in the middle of the season. It's after the conference title games have happened or even before it. I don't, However all that works out now, but they have their own weekend. And I think that that's great. And I just love that there's no names on the back of the jerseys. It doesn't really matter who wins outside of personal pride between those two branches of the military. And they play and show so much sportsmanship and respect. And how could you not like that? That's what sports are all about.
0: Uh, Don't they also do that? I was flipping through earlier. They do like a prisoner exchange
2: ceremony or whatever
0: right before. Granted, they're not actual prisoners, but it's cooler if they were. Touche.
1: (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> no, and that's uh, we got uh, a taste of that when, at the Notre Dame game because um, Notre Dame and Navy have been playing for ever since World War Two. I mean, yeah, since forever. before that, but um, the Naval Academy essentially kept Notre Dame open during World War Two. And Notre Dame's, you know, I guess has paid, you know, their their payback to the Naval Academy is we're going to play you every year Uh One, I mean, the exposure of playing Notre Dame and then obviously when Notre Dame goes, um, I don't know that they play in Annapolis very often. They usually play in the Ravens Stadium in Baltimore when they do that. But I mean, it's good for the Naval Academy, the exposure, but just the the sort of the tradition and circumstance that came along with that game, um, you know, the cadets that were there all the patriotic stuff that happened before the game and all that stuff. I mean, that was really neat to see and just kind of the common respect. And I can only imagine it's even, it's multiplied when armies involved for obvious reasons. Yeah. But that was neat. So, um, so my pick going here for the second round is going to be uh jump around at Wisconsin uh, before the fourth quarter. House of pain. I love jump House around pain. and Everlast. they Where all Yep. Everybody, I think they get their keys out, shaking their keys, jump up and down. Um, I mean, I've heard you can physically feel the place shaking when this happens. Uh, it, it'd be cool to go there and experience that sometime. So that's definitely my number two.
2: I sense a road trip between the, the two of us or the three of us. Let's go. Yeah, I'm down let's do with it. That wisconsin madison i've heard we're madison's a great out. city i no, hate wisconsin all of these i think we need to, think we yeah. to see all these in person so we can live this episode out
1: i would love that that's like one of my like bucket list things is to go to experience all these different traditions tailgates,
0: tailgates. i'm down at yeah. notre dame they looked amazing the golf course was cool but get over to that parking lot yeah they're getting out it hardcore yeah that's where i need to be all right so my number two we're going back and that's big butter jesus Touchdown, Jesus! That was cool, man. I <laughs> yeah. love seeing
1: that. That surprises me, man. I'm surprised. I by loved that. it. I yeah. thought that part was
0: cool. If if you want like old school, because I imagine most college campuses you go to now they're industrial and brand new. And Notre Dame had I I felt like Rudy walking around that place. You yeah, know, I feel like
1: it probably hasn't changed that since then. So that's why I think that. I I tell anybody that'll listen, I'm like, you have to go. If you, if you have an opportunity, you have to go to Notre Dame. You have to go to the campus. I'm not Catholic, but like I said, I saw Rudy, and I was in hook, line, and sinker uh, from that day forward. And I think the moment you step foot on that campus, like, in, like I said, if you've seen Rudy and you, you're a sucker for that kind of thing, the second you step on campus, you're just immersed in it. And especially if you go – you know, a little later in the year, closer to the fall, the leaves are turning a little bit, Oh yeah, that type yeah, of yeah. thing. I mean, it it's a special experience, absolutely.
2: So I, I got something uh, to add to that. You talked about campuses looking industrial and, and new. Virginia Tech, actually, a certain percentage of their buildings has to be made with this certain stone. There's a quarry that's off campus and they they call it hokey stone, but almost all the buildings have this look to them where they're all made of this stone, except for some of the ones like that were built probably before they decided that this was going to be it. So if you look up Burris Hall, it has that look to it and it's made of all that stone. And then if you look at the buildings that they have now, they have to be made of that. So it actually the campus, even if it's a brand new building, it has that more... I don't want to call it like a gothic look, but it's a a very older looking campus, despite the fact that a lot of it is new since the last time I've been there.
1: And that's, that's, it's funny you say that because Notre Dame is very similar. It's even their indoor football facility looks, you know, has that gothic look to it. It's, it's got that stone exterior. I mean, from building to building, um, you know, you wouldn't necessarily know what that building is from the outside because they all look, mostly the same which is pretty neat and it sounds i mean and the fact that at virginia tech that they come from that specific quarry i think that's super cool
2: that we used to jump off of the cliffs into the water that was like (laughs) a thing that everybody did that was like a rite of passage like oh have you gone to the quarry yeah everybody does that all right so my up you're up round three all right i'm taking the 12th man at texas a&m that's a good one yeah, so this is also based off of personal experience. When I was a sophomore, we and a junior, we had a home and home series with them, and when I met some of their fans, super super nice fans. And actually, A and M and Virginia Tech share a lot of similarities, and they are, I think, one of only two, the only two schools that have a legitimate like ROTC at, on campus in which they are going into the military afterwards, like um, the Corps of cadets. Like I knew people who were there and we share a lot of similarities how we were created being an agricultural school at first like that's how tech was made and and all that. So and I love their I love anything that gets the crowd involved. That's going to be a huge theme for mine because again it's part of the experience. Like you go there and you're there with all these people that share your colors and for that short moment in time you're you're all in it for the same reasons and you can have your differences and go on your merry way afterward, but I love the the 12th man and I just think it's a it's a wonderful tradition and also how they get their core cadets involved. Very similar to how tech does it, so I'm a little biased in that regard.
1: No, that's super cool. Another thing I think that's really unique about AM is they do the Yell practice, right? Is yeah. it like midnight the night before the game and everything? And that's I've seen videos on YouTube and that's super unique and how they go mm-hmm. about doing that. Um, no, I think that's awesome. So my number three, this is the only one on my list that i've participated in personally uh, i had a buddy that went to west virginia university and so i got to participate in the singing of country roads after a west is actually a west virginia and marshall game which granted they were rivals but not much of a rivalry and i mean anymore uh they're just in-state rivals <clears throat> but that was the you know, Pat White, quarterback, Steve Slayton, running back, Owen Schmidt, all those guys. Uh, but, yeah, being the whole Country Roads thing at the end of that game was cool. That, that was a super cool place to go to. I mean, Morgantown. Boone, Boone County. Morgantown, West Virginia, is basically a blip in the middle of the mountains. And uh, West Virginia football is everything. Just like a lot, you know, I'm sure in Blacksburg, Virginia, tech football is everything, right? And... So it was super unique to go to that and have that experience. And like you said, for those few hours, you know, everybody there was a West Virginia fan, and anybody that was wearing a green Marshall shirt got ridiculed unmercifully, and it was a great experience. And as a little side note to this, um, this could be its own thing, and I apologize if this is on either one of your lists, but another great West Virginia tradition is the burning of couches after big wins. Like dragging couches in the street. They and actually lighting did that them on goofy fire. On the <laughs> I weekends, believe that. So. I believe that.
2: So, I will never. So, West Virginia is my most hated school of all time. <laughs> and I had the exact opposite experience in Morgantown. And there is a level of being ridiculed for being there for the other team. Don't really care about that stuff. I mean, I've been to Red Sox, Yankees games before. It, it is what it is. But they were throwing batteries at us and full glass bottles of things at us and it was it had reached the line it was a little little too much I don't know if you remember that 2003 game where that's where they actually started burning couches I was at that game and I think Virginia Tech was number three in the country and we said yeah let's go like let's take a road trip you're I was a what sophomore junior maybe and we were treated more horribly than I think any opposing fan should ever get treated so ever since then death to West Virginia
0: hold on what were these bottles full of were they full bottles not of booze? Good. I mean no? they didn't break, but uh, it was boons like farm. They're throwing boons farm.
2: boons farm. Maybe. But when you're getting hit with something that is not meant to be thrown at somebody, it was it was dangerous, let's put it that way. Right. That's from my perspective. No,
1: that's fair. That's fair for sure. I did not participate in any throwing of anything at anyone.
2: I didn't, um, yeah. I mean, ridicule I is fine. I have but, I have other great stories about when rival schools came to town, and I can tell you some yeah. stories that have been peaceful. But yeah. uh, I mean, there was a, for after the draft.
1: There was a moment when I was there, where we're waiting like outside the stadium to get in, and I'm just immersed amongst West Virginia students. I'm basically pretending to be one for the weekend, and there's a group of let's say fifty Marshall fans. I mean, there were more than that there, but this specific group of 50, I would bet you that not a single one of them was under 50 years old, okay, just probably grandparents or alumni, <laughs> whatever, walking through and just being a part of a group that's just screaming like, fuck you, Marshall, like chanting or like, what's the word, fuck the herd, <laughs> just hammering these people and like having a brief moment, like, what am I doing right now? I'm just screaming at these old men and old women, <laughs> about how terrible their college football team is apparently but
0: obviously you hadn't seen the movie at that time <laughs>
1: that was before the movie
0: exactly all right my number 3 i'm going to the university of miami and the turnover chain okay and mostly mostly it's just because college football is better when miami's good you you're forced in the midwest Maybe it's elsewhere, I don't know. But in the Midwest, you're forced to watch at least one Miami college football game on CBS every Saturday. So when they're shitty, it's hard. It's hard to watch. And you know they're do kind of doing
2: this on purpose, aren't you? You're they, doing this on purpose because Miami's another one.
0: They they flaunt <laughs> me. They flaunt, you know, I want Luther coming out. You know what I mean? I want Uncle Luther. I like that's the Miami I want. I like it
1: when they're cocky and
0: that's good now, stuff.
1: I don't like that, but I do agree. I don't personally like that, but I do agree that a a good Miami team with that swagger is good they, for college they, football. They
0: were probably the first one with the, you know what I mean. Yeah. Now you get all different whatever. but It was the U. Yeah, you know what I mean.
1: So that's probably one of the best thirty for thirties I've ever seen. Is yeah. the U Catholics? Have you ever watched it? No, no, the yeah. one wow. about the U. Just like the what? U. Have you yeah. ever seen that one? Yeah, yeah. That's fantastic.
0: Some of those players that were on that team is ridiculous.
2: So I actually got to see the 2001 Miami team play live because they came to, to Blacksburg that year. And that was the year they were, I mean, 2000 and 2001, they were just ripping everybody. You look at that roster, Hall of Famers all over the place and Hall of Famers that are their backups on that team. And we came within a a missed two-point conversion of tying the game. They were the number one team in the country. And it was a loss, best game I've ever been to in my life. There was a blocked punt that got returned for a touchdown. I got thrown five rows ahead. Like, it was just pandemonium. And it was the best kind of pandemonium. And I didn't hate them back. I hated them more back then because they were an actual rival. Now both schools have become middling, essentially. So they're not meaningful at all. So I don't hate them anymore, but uh, that was one of my best moments ever. Actually, a couple Miami games. I saw Miami and Blacksburg three different times, and all of them were a riot because they were almost all at night, which was the best way to consume Virginia Tech football, some of the best memories I have. That's awesome.
1: No, that's fantastic. I agree. Like, when I watch, you know, see videos of uh, the inner Sandman entrance, it just feels different when it's a night game. As opposed to, yeah, 1 o'clock in the afternoon.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it's it's not the same when we're playing like Furman at 12 o'clock. Right, right. And I can tell you, let me just, anybody who's listening who has ever been to college football games, the 12 o'clock game is the absolute worst. Because I can't tell you how many times I woke up extremely hungover from the night before and had to make it to the game by 12 o'clock. So I was basically had to be drunk again by the time I got to the game because there's no way I was going to get there sober. (laughs) Right,
1: Little hair of the dog never hurt
2: nobody. Oh, absolutely. Shower beer, baby.
1: All right. You're up. Number four.
2: I'm taking Clemson's Howard's Rock. And again, very student laden because the team comes through the student section on that hill at the stadium. And I just think that that's really, really cool. It's a unique experience. Like even Enter Sandman, we get to participate in it but we're not actively with the players. We don't run through the tunnel with them. So for the players to come basically through a human tunnel that is created by the students, I think that that's really, really cool.
1: Nope, that's a good one too. I'm going to go with, uh, we talk about fan participation. I'm going to go with Rocky Top in Tennessee. The singing of Rocky Top after a touchdown. Uh, That's a good one. Um, I'm a big, I love music too. So anytime you're incorporating a song, Everybody's seeing it. I'm a big fan. So, is um, is
0: there a college football team that sings "Sweet Caroline" out there? Is you that know Stanford? What? Somebody
1: does. I think it's Stanford. I think they could. I think that there's someone who. I feel like there's someone who does. I, I know the, be the, your the Red list. Sox sing should it. Be on your list. Um, it wouldn't surprise me now though if there's someone who. I'll have to look it up. It's a good question.
0: All right. My number four. We're headed back to Iowa City, and Hayden Fry painting the visitor's locker room Pepto pink in 1979 and there was a recent renovation in 2005 where they installed bright pink urinals toilets sinks everything it sounds like they've caught some shit over it but they're holding strong so I love that
2: is that to psych out the uh, opposing team
0: yeah I would imagine so Some of the groups that have been, you know, they try to bust their balls about it. I guess I get what you're saying, but who says you get to pick what color it is? I'm guessing it's just more so. All the amenities you need are there. They're just pink. I'm guessing it's
1: just more so, if anything, to be a distraction, right? Yeah. To have you thinking about something that's not
2: the game. I mean, it would have to be jarring if you got to the opposing locker room, didn't know, and it was all pink. Like, that would have to just be visually shocking. And
1: I think that's I never really grasped the gamesmanship that comes with locker rooms, opposing locker rooms specifically, until maybe some of my high school football coaching days. Because I remember throwing out suggestions for like our visitors. Because I'm like, man, it sucks. They got to walk up those stairs into the building, and they got to take their fucking shoes off because it's a tile floor. I'm like, why? They're like. Yeah, no, exactly. Leave it that way. They're yeah. like it's as inconvenient for them as possible. Like, why would you make it any more comfortable than it absolutely has to be? Games and yeah, and I'm like, okay. And so I'm sure at the college level, there's probably minimum requirements you have to provide restroom facilities. This, 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 this. this. But why go any more beyond that? You know, why, why give them more than the bare minimum? Um, if if you think it's going to give you an edge. So be it. Do it. All right. So what are we in uh, round five?
0: Round five. This is the final. Maddie's My turn. Last
2: pick. All right. So I'm going to go to an HBCU for this one, and I'm going to take the Grambling State Marching Band because most people would go script Ohio here because everybody knows that the Ohio State Marching Band is very good and not taken away from them. But so many of those traditions started way back when. And those HBCU marching bands are killer. They play they play more modern songs. And it's just an experience. I've been fortunate to be able to see not that one, but another one. And it's just, a. I mean, I, I was in the band when I was in high school. I wasn't like a band nerd, but I, I loved music and played music. So I really appreciated that stuff. So I'm taking them at number five because I feel like the HBCUs and those lower level schools have great traditions and don't ever get enough love.
1: It, it reminds me of... Uh... Right, the movie drumline right where the the band is the most exciting thing there uh yeah people aren't there to see
2: football they're see they're there to see the band yeah and that's pretty sweet although Um, i think hugh jackson owen 16 browns coach is the current grambling state coach i I feel like that's correct (laughs) i feel like it is and i think he tried to hire art briles to be his offensive coordinator really did not go over well and art i don't think ever signed the contract because that was dumb jeez um
1: Art Bryles. number five for me. I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with another sing along song, and do Dixieland delight, Alabama. I think that's a good one. They, they have their own version no, of it. They have their no own comment. tidbits, own versions of it. <laughs> but Dixieland delight, Alabama, and of course, I mean, I have as Ryan knows me. If you have ever listened to Five or Five, I always have this long list of honorable mentions or. Traditions that I think are dishonorable mentions. But before I get into any of those, I'll let you wrap this up with your number five.
0: My number five, I'm going off the rails, which I usually do. And mine's hockey. Okay, we said college sports. So I'm going to the University of New Hampshire Wildcats. And they're faithful. Every first home goal scored, they throw dead fish onto the ice. So I hope they're good. I don't know for a fact because could you imagine being that asshole that packed like three trouts (laughs) and they don't score a goal? You know what I mean? You're walking around with that all night. So my hat's off
1: to them. I see another one up there that I think is worth mentioning, and that is uh, so Taylor University, that's basketball, right? Where the crowd remains completely silent. Until what's the moment? Ten points. Ten points. On oh, the tenth yeah, but, point.
0: But they're all dressed like it's a Halloween party. So their entire student section has costumes on, but they'll sit there completely silent. They won't move, nothing.
1: And then until the that tenth, tenth point, point they go Nuts. crazy. Yeah. yeah. And they stay that way the rest of the game. No, I've seen that for sure. You brought up Maddie. you brought up uh, script Ohio, which is probably one of the great college traditions. But I just I dislike Ohio State so m- I dislike Ohio State so much oh, I, I, I can't fucking stand them <laughs> I couldn't can't put can't it on my him. list. Um, yeah, another one. This is a dead tradition. We'll call it a retired tradition. The Chief alinawick dance it in gone. Illinois it at gone. the it's basketball like the, games, the, the football games. Yeah, yeah. Um, I actually was curious about that the other day and looked it up and like looked up the last dance of the Chief and stuff and that was really cool. Um, I think there was a couple others that I had jotted down. Uh, one yeah, I, go ahead.
2: What I was going to say, one we didn't talk about was, uh, the Sooner schooner. And they yeah. out on the covered wagon, which is always a hot mess and a disaster.
1: It is. Or Ralphie, the, the Buffalo at Colorado. What about yeah.
0: Uga? Yeah. I dig the bulldog.
2: Do you, do you like the ones with the animals? Cause I feel like they're so, it's a little weird contrived yeah it just i don't know it's really odd hey you spoke so passionately awesome you spoke so
0: passionately two weeks ago about some asshole dressed up as (laughs) a
1: eagle a man dressed as a bird
0: (laughs) flapping his arms for four quarters three periods i can't remember i don't know
1: if you heard that one so so bradley university is here in peoria um me and my dad were big fans of bradley basketball and they played St. Joe's last year, non-conference, and they're the Red Hawks, mm-hmm. and their mascot is literally a dude dressed up as a red hawk, and he's it the caught me San off guard Diego because chicken. he comes out there, and from the moment he's on the floor, I mean he's standing like behind the cheerleaders, but he is flapping his arms like wings, nonstop, consistently. Like they they call a timeout, he walks out and stands right by the team huddle. Just flapping his fucking arms, I mean the whole time I guess and I looked it up because I was so curious, the deal is anytime they're in in public, their arms are flapping. It's a scholarship position or whatever he's putting in yeah can you imagine the it's traps that on that
2: guy? It's the work study program and if my son goes to college and happens to be the mascot for four years and gets a free ride. Good job, buddy. Yeah, Good job. no shit. No, Good I do
1: disagree with that at all. I, I'm just, no. I can't imagine. That'd be rough. Yeah. Oh,
0: yeah. What'd I you say, say with St. So Joe's? Say. Yeah. Yeah, it's probably rough anyway. No,
1: I don't right. think they have a football team, so at least he only, he's only relegated to that for a few months a year.
0: Men's volleyball, maybe. I don't know.
2: <laughs> I don't know what's going on at St. Joe's. That so.
1: might be a list. If we do this again uh, where we're talking kind of sports is maybe like mascots, best mascots
2: was just thinking that top five mascots. Yeah. I'm all yeah, for it. Good
1: one. Deathmatch. I was, uh, so, I know yeah, I've brought go. up, I know I've brought up Notre Dame like a million times, but I got the privilege of going to a, their football coaches clinic back in probably like 2012. And one day, so their basketball arena is basically connected to a twin of itself, but it's more of an auxiliary gym. And I was trying to find a bathroom. So I kind of ended up on the half of the facility where this auxiliary gym was and I go in and take a leak, and I'm like taking a piss. I hear somebody come in. I look next to me, and it's a dude dressed as a leprechaun. <laughs> and I'm like, Is this the leprechaun? So I was asking myself that question. Is this the leprechaun? But as, as I finish up and I go to wash my hands, another person walks through the door dressed as a leprechaun. <laughs> and I walk out the door and walk past another person dressed as a leprechaun. Well, it turns out they were having mascot tryouts. Uh, at this time. So, yeah, like three leprechauns within five minutes. <laughs> I was like.
0: How did you measure up?
1: Uh, they were all very s- short in stature. Okay, good. Much like yourself.
0: Thank you.
2: <laughs> like jockeys or somewhere in between? Uh, somewhere in between,
1: probably. Okay. Somewhere in between a jockey and Ryan. Okay. Somewhere. I love it.
0: Probably got big peckers on all
1: of what, them. Only one of them, though, had like <laughs> legit red hair. Oh, he probably so the won. rest were fake.
0: Yeah, you'd have to. <laughs> I mean.
2: Don't but. worry. As an Irish person, I won't think of that as cultural appropriation. Good <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Ginger power. Yeah. <laughs> so another one that I actually like, even though I hate the school with a passion, is how close the student section is in Cameron Indoor Stadium for Duke yeah. basketball. It's just crazy. Yeah, It's it's not. I wouldn't consider that a tradition necessarily, but because it's such an old stadium or an old arena, and even where the announcers have to sit super high up in this super cramped uh, booth, I just love how unique it is because now even all these colleges are building larger and larger arenas, and so the fans are getting further and further away for Duke basketball and all the opponents to have to be that close to the student section, which those are the people who should be the closest, by the way, are the people that are attending the school. I think it's a really unique thing, but I I hate Duke with a passion.
1: Yeah, I... I think that's a really cool thing, and um, I do think so speaking about stadiums, I do think that there's sort of been uh, a shift in how they're going about, you know, designing these stadiums. I think you saw, you know, throughout the 90s, it was everything was bigger and better, bigger and better, bigger and better, and now with streaming and everything else, where it's not hard to find a game. Like if you want to find a game, you can find it and watch it on TV. Somehow. Yep. So I think you're now start starting to see, or you're going to see it, especially in baseball, a trend towards slightly smaller stadiums than these mega stadiums. And, like, you're not going to see a team like the the Twins playing in the um, Metrodome. You know, you're not going to see that sort of thing anymore. They're, they're going to be smaller, a little bit more intimate uh, settings because you're not going to sell – you know, 60, 70,000 tickets to a baseball game. You're going to struggle to sell 35,000. Kirby
2: Puckett back in the day.
1: I mean, cool. Oh yeah.
2: Mm -hmm. But I mean, that stadium had the trash bags in right field. You couldn't mimic that experience. Kirby. That was just
1: right.
0: Kirby Puckett is like a dollar store, Tony Gwynn, And I love it. But you know, you know, he went to Bradley, right? Yeah, I do. Yeah, Huge fan.
2: Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) We've hit my wheelhouse in baseball. Um, Tony Gwynn is such an outlier in sports in general that like Kirby Puckett, I mean, you say a dollar star, I guess that's fine. But like the Tony Gwynn statistics that you can pull out of your ass that are so hilarious today, the way that the game has shifted. I think it was a couple of years ago where I think it was a seven game series between what were the former Indians and the Yankees. And they struck out more times in those seven games than Tony Gwynn did in like all but one year of his career, like combined. So he played like 20 years yeah, it's I mean, ridiculous, it's, ridiculous. Yeah. it's
1: absolutely ridiculous yeah well cool, because it's shifted to basically strike out or home run right yeah. I mean that's the name of the game right now that's and another it, show entirely yeah. I want to hear
2: a rant on my end because baseball used to be my favorite sport and now I feel like it is fleeting in terms of new viewership because of this new paradigm and they're like well let's have pitch clocks and do all these things and it's like until batters start to change their approach, and the only way that's going to happen is if owners start paying for other things other than strikeouts or home runs, this is what you're going to see. You're going to see four-and-a-half-hour World Series games. And if you don't have a dog in the race, it's a really difficult ask to ask somebody to tune into all that.
1: I agree. Absolutely agree. I mean, yeah, the the day of like... Now it's so unique if a team plays small ball that they make a big deal out of it, right? Well, this team, they bunt and steal bases. You know, like it's some anomaly and i
2: missed the greg maddox 89 pitch hour and 27 minute complete game
1: yeah i remember seeing a a quote from him where he's like um uh, talks about people uh oh i don't know he's like hey i'll tell you exactly what i'm throwing he's like you know it's an 80 what 87 mile an hour cutter and you won't even swing at it <laughs> or whatever like Yeah, I mean, just the sort of craftsmanship that came with pitching and things like that back in the day, that now it's just about who throws hard. Yes. Who can throw the hardest for the longest. Speaking of the the longest,
0: Paul Baco. But we're going to have to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with the Iceman, Matty Ice.
3: Hey, all you cool cats and kittens. It's Josh with the Apple Boys podcast. My friends Corey, Rob, and Jimmy used to meet up with me after we all got off work on Saturday nights at our local Applebee's to hang out, drink Miller Lite pitchers, and swap stories. We'd talk about our days at work, stories about our families or our childhoods, funny things we saw on the internet, sports, current events, and whatever else came up. Sometimes serious, often irreverent, definitely not safe for work, and almost always hilarious, we decided to start recording our conversations and sharing them with the world. Since Saturdays are for the boys and we hung out at Applebee's, the name Apple Boys Podcast made a lot of sense. Come hang out with us at the virtual bar and join our community. Visit us at www.appleboys.us or search for the Apple Boys Podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Happy tonight.
0: Welcome back, everybody. It's the Boys from Illinois, the Pubtime Podcast, with the one and only Matty Ice.
1: So... Give us a little uh, insight into what you do, why you do it, what it's all about.
2: Well, when I was in high school, I wanted to be in radio. I used to fall asleep watching ESPN, uh, excuse me, watching, listening to ESPN radio on my alarm clock. Now, you guys are all probably old enough to remember, like, you had a clock radio that actually woke you up in the morning, not your phone. And you could put a sleep timer on, and it would actually stop playing. So I used to listen to late night ESPN and it was Bob Valvano who was Jim Valvano's brother. And there was just something about it where it was late night and he would talk and it was soothing. I liked the spoken word, uh, in my personal life, in my job, I do a lot of public speaking. I've been doing public speaking for years and the pandemic afforded me the ability to make my dream come true and be in radio. Everybody else had the same dream at the same time for the pandemic. But once we get into 2021, I really figured out that I could make it something larger. And so I logged a lot of mic time in 2021. At one point, I had four shows that I was either hosting or co-hosting by myself. And I started the Matty S Media Network. We have added a bunch of podcasts to it. And now I've consolidated it to where I have one show, Drip, Trip and Spill is my weekly show that I put on. And I dabble here and there in other areas. Uh, Ryan got me to bring back my sports show, which at one point was on internet radio on the Block 105 radio, which my current trip trip spill is on there every week. I'm proud of the audience that I've built there. It's not the same as podcasting. It's a little different. Like you're not asking them to like and subscribe. You're tuning in at 8 a.m. every Friday to hear Maddie Ice talk. It's pre recorded. It's not live, but to see the growth of where I started my first month, having like 800 listeners to now almost 4,000. It's humbling. You know, I really, really like that stuff. And I like content creation. I like the ability to be able to make people laugh or connect with somebody. And podcasting is a great way to do it. I've grown a lot. I started on a laptop with a cheap mic and now I have basically a studio here for the most part. It's like a makeshift studio and made a lot of friends and I'm just looking to continue to do that add more shows to the network, build a community. It's not really about making money. It's about adding voices, uh, lifestyles, opinions to the network so that we all can have a similar voice and engage and collaborate. Because like I said earlier, there's an unspoken competition that happens between podcasters sometimes, and we forget that we should be working with each other. And the more we cross-promote and go on each other's shows and, and lift each other up, the better off we all are because at some point you're going to find somebody who says you know I like that guy or I like this show and they'll hit that subscribe button like we all asked them to i think Ryan you said it great with with leskis where you're like i don't even tell them where to find us because at this point y'all know where to find podcasts now like i just say wherever you listen to your podcast that that covers the whole thing right that's what i'm about uh i like just making content i do videos i used to do sneaker review videos and i stopped doing those but i used to like doing that And people would ask me, like, why you're not making any money? I was like, it's a way to learn creativity. It's a way to learn how to make videos and do different things. And um, a lot of things on the horizon for me where I'm looking to get with some bigger guests. I actually have an interview coming up on Monday with some rapper I've never heard of. We'll see how that goes. And, uh, you know, stuff like that. So that's really what I'm about. And this was a rebirth for me. Uh, Yeah, I, I realized that I could tap into mighty ice, which is who I am here. It's mostly who I am in my personal life, but uh, they're not, it's like, I never really tapped into that. I kind of felt like I had to be this one person. And then when I get behind the mic, uh, the possibilities are endless.
1: Absolutely. Um, If you could go back, would you do it? Is there anything that you've learned through your experience to where, if you could go back and start over again, you would have done things differently?
2: Maybe. Maybe but i think the no so i'm a former marathon runner and the journey is basically the reward to be honest a lot of people think that it's crossing the finish line which is a great feeling don't get me wrong but there is something to be said about the journey because you learn a lot through it i mean obviously i started with a six-year-old laptop and a, a mic that i bought on amazon and it sounded like crap i didn't know what i was doing i didn't really have a voice I don't know how to market. There's I don't know really how to do Twitter. I don't know how to do social media. It's just not my thing. I'm not a social person by nature in that kind of way. I'm not good at promoting myself either in that way. Like, I, it just feels self-aggrandizing self to be like, hey, listen to my shit. I mean, I do it, but it feels dirty. Like, I need to take a shower afterward. But right. I don't know. I really think that everything happens for a reason, and I've learned a lot. I mean, again, going from where I started to where I am now, the friends that I've made, it all – has built up to the person that I am now to where I feel like, you know, Ryan was like, what do you want to talk about in our show? Cause we're kind of an acquired taste. And I'm like, I don't really care. I can kind of get down with anything. And that's really how I feel. Like just have me on the show and I'll figure it out. I mean, I didn't prepare a five list and I had a draft for you. So that shit can happen real quick.
0: I'll tell you what, when, when you messaged me and asked if we'd be interested in doing your show, you know, doing you a favor, 30 minutes is all you needed. I was scared shitless and and not so much. Well, you talk about the time you put in, right?
2: Yeah.
0: You've, you've accumulated some sort of listenership, a following people that there's people out there, regardless regardless of what you think that check in every week, want to hear what you have to say. And they're loyal to a point. You know what I mean? So I'm like, fuck the last thing I want to do is come on this guy's show Piss off his listeners. Now they're not coming back, or they'd be like, "What the fuck? Who, who's this guy hanging out with?" You know what I mean. So, those couple of days, I'm like, "Well, fuck. What are we going to talk about?" Only fans. That's out. Yeah, but, Can't but, talk about that.
2: <laughs> well, no. I mean, the thing about it though is, you are right that I do have a following, and there is a loyalty to me. But what goes along with that is when I say, "Hey, some good friend friends of mine are going to be on the show." Don't miss it because it's going to be good then that means that the people that are loyal are going to tune in and it doesn't have to be for everybody right what i wanted to avoid was something that maybe i wouldn't talk about because there are a lot of podcasts out there and i want to say like if, if you're listening and you do something like this no shade but they go to the overly sexual or overly gratuitous you know like realm just because and it doesn't feel genuine and I don't do that. So if you guys came in here and did a whole episode on like top five dildos, like that probably wouldn't hit very well with my audience because I don't really that's, talk about that shit. Stuff. That's Go that's, that's that dicks off the department. department. I would find it funny. Uh, I get to say two if words. If I was listening in the to show. your show, I would find it funny, <laughs> but not if you're listening to mine. But I trusted you with that because you've earned that trust. I trusted Mike and Tabby with that because I, you earned it. And that's always what I wanted to do. I always think of it like in radio. If you have a favorite radio show that you listen to, whether it's a morning show, sports show, whatever, when the host inevitably goes on vacation, there's another voice there and it doesn't skip a beat. I see podcasting very much in that way. And I think that if you make it the norm to hear other voices on your show, your listeners are just going to go along with it. And I try to tell people that a lot. Like if I've learned anything, it's you dictate what your listeners are going to be into. So if cause Right now, people will ask me like, I just don't know how often should I post? Whatever works for your life. If that's once a month, do it once a month. And you tell your listeners, I'm going to post monthly. And guess what? Every month, they'll tune in and they'll expect what they expect of you and you'll be fine. Just set the expectations of what matters to you and what works for you. Don't be like, I'm going to come out with a weekly show. And then you're like, well, shit, I can't really do that. Right? It doesn't, you know, like to scale back is different than scaling up. So if I can give one piece of advice to anybody listening who wants to start a show, just be who you are. And there's many shows that I've become friends with that I'm still friends with them, but their shows are done. And I've realized that they were trying to be people that they weren't. Like if you're somebody who's into sports, but you're not somebody who can talk about sports, that's okay. Just, you don't have to be great at it. Don't try and feign being enthusiastic or feign having a hot take. If you don't have hot takes in your normal life, it's not going to come off genuine, and people are going to know immediately. So that's why I do what I do. And when I say you're getting the genuine Matty Ice experience, I call it, and I've been asked, like, what does that mean? And I, the radio guy taught me that. He's like, listen, if you're going to rebrand your show, just remember, they're tuning in for you. It doesn't matter what the show is called. He's like, you could call it shit on a stick, and as long as your name is attached to it, they're going to come and they're going to listen. And it's interesting, since I've rebranded the show, my listenership shot up by, like, twice as many. So it doesn't matter what my show is called. It just matters that I'm the voice behind it. And that's what I keep banking on. And I keep working hard at. Yeah,
1: we've talked about that a lot because, you know, we have a lot of conversations about what could increase listenership. What do people want to hear? And, you know, a lot of times, you know, I'm like, hey, I, I don't know if it matters what we talk about. I mean, obviously, it's good to have some sort of, something there that kind of steers the ship throughout an episode, but people aren't listening because we're talking about X, Y, or Z. They're tuning in to hear us talk about whatever it is ultimately. Now, obviously, obviously it might, that whatever the topic is, might get a new listener in the door for the first time, Mm -hmm. for sure. But at that point, it's just up to us. I mean, they're either going to like it or they're not. I mean, that's just, it is what it is. But they're not going to if they don't like us, but they like the topic, they're not going to come back the next week, no matter what the topic is. Um, I Like you said, I think the fact that w- us, who we are and how we go about things has way more to do with it than whatever the subject matter might be.
2: That's just my opinion. Like I will I want to make sure I preface that properly. Like this isn't me telling you how to do it because I know better. It's more, this is my experience as a listener. When I take off my producer and recorder hat and I listen to a show, I have standards that I'm looking for that are my own personal standards. And I noticed that I, my my decision creatively has been, I'm going to make something that I could listen to. So when I make an episode and I try to listen back and I'm like, that didn't really hit with me, that's not getting done again, right? If I can't listen to my own self, then nobody else is gonna want to listen to it. so I try and make content that I think I would like, and I'm under the assumption that if I can stand listening to myself, that means other people can. you know what I mean
1: right now that's a good point i I don't always i mean early on, I listened to pretty much every episode because I almost looked at it uh you know from a coaching background, it's like, well, it's like you watch a film, you know you go back, you listen, you try to see where you could have done better done differently. Uh, recently I haven't listened as much. I'll I'll listen to bits and pieces here and there just to, especially if we're working on something with sound or whatever the case may be. But I, I kind of found that the more I listened, the more I would maybe overanalyze it and things like that. But I think it's, it's, that's a case by case basis from person to person, as far as how
2: you would, uh, Take that. I agree. Like, I listen to it because that's me. Everything that I take on, I come in 100% or more. And you know, my wife and I have had ch- chats about that. She's like, why do you have to be so all in on everything? And my philosophy is if I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it right. I'm going to be good at it. I'm not going to half ass it. And again, no shade, but there are a lot of shows where you know that they just decided to start a show and it's a phone in the middle of a table with four dudes hanging around it and it's just an echo chamber all over the place. Right. And that's fun for them. It's not fun for me as a listener. So I choose not to listen to it, but they're having fun and they're not thinking about, well, how do we make it better? Because to them, that's what they're out for. They're out for having fun. Whereas us, I mean, just updating equipment, that means that you take a different approach to it. You're like, I want it to at least sound the part. And when I listen, or somebody listens to it, they're not going to say, I can barely hear these guys. So I'm not even going to bother they can hear you. Now it's down to, do I like these guys? And if they like you, they're going to stick around. That's just my, my view of it.
0: So when this, this thing started, it basically was two assholes sitting around a table talking into a phone, you know, (laughs) pretty (laughs) much. But
2: as you listen back to it, are a a lot of shows who are still doing that. And it blows my mind how many people listen to them because I try and I'm like, I can't understand what they're saying. Maybe I'm getting old, but, Um, you've, you guys have taken the time to think about how can we better craft this? You're not looking to make millions. I'm not technically looking to make millions either, but my name is on it. And so when I put out something that has my name on it, I want it to be as polished and professional as possible. So somebody can't say he didn't take the time to make sure that this looked and sounded right. Just the way I, I do things like when I box, I'm not going to go out there and throw haymakers. I want to learn how to box, how to move so that when I fight my trainer, I'm not half-assed that I can keep up with them. Like, why would you do something if you're not going to take it seriously? And that's, that's just the way I was taught and the way my mentality is. And no matter what I've done, I mean, I've got seven marathon medals sitting over here. Like I went from a 300 pound heart attack uh, survivor to seven marathons. And I didn't do that by not putting everything that I had into training. So I'm going to do that with podcasting too.
1: That's, it's funny you mentioned boxing because Dick, is an amateur boxer. Oh, really? Himself. And he's <laughs> he's shaking, shaking his head
0: now? The... No. Come on, Dick.
1: It, 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 I mean, we can set up the fight, but... Just play the part. Probably have to be catch yeah. weight.
2: I'll spar. I mean, anyway. I'm, so... I'm, I'm closer to a 300-pound heart attack survivor than I am a boxer. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> you guys, you know, this is another episode, but uh, the words that were uttered to me gosh, February 10th of 2010, where you're lucky to be alive. So I went to sleep thinking I was having a panic attack, and I was having a heart attack, and I lived. And that was my sign. It's time to, what is it uh, in Shawshank? time to get busy living or get busy yeah. dying.
1: Oh, yeah, so. that's awesome. And, you know, I I try to tell myself quite a bit. I'm like, you know what? Like, it shouldn't take something of that extreme for me to change my lifestyle or to get on a path towards uh living a healthier life or so on and so forth but it, it it's so frustrating because it is it's like it's almost human nature to like well you know what i'm gonna keep riding this ship until it just hits rock bottom and and then i guess i'll you know i'll what make though? a change
0: in, in true pub time fashion though i could care less if you weigh 300 pounds the get busy living or get busy dying live the life you love Right. If you're okay with it and you're okay with the body you're in and what you're doing, who cares? You know, like I I, I smoked for years. Every time I go to the doctor, well, that's going to kill you. You're right. But I enjoy it. It keeps me on the level at the time. You know what I mean? It's like Mm -hmm. do what you want to do, but be okay with it when that time comes. Yeah. You know what I mean?
2: No, that's a good point. I mean,
0: kind of make your bed.
2: I'm glad you stopped smoking. You wouldn't have that sultry voice that you got going on now <laughs> thank might be you. a little bit more raspy like <laughs> thank you you know i want ryan from pub time to read me uh you know bedtime stories at night At that's right go to sleep to this ryan from pub time horror stories there, there's something about your voice that always makes me laugh because i'm Green like either hand. flatlining like because sometimes you are so straight with your voice and i'm just like how does he do that like i can't do it i have i have inflections to my voice like crazy and i can't stop it
0: I don't know. Born this way.
2: (laughs) Anyway, uh, I'm sorry to take up so much time talking about myself. It's not. uh, No, that's what we wanted. This is uh, about the Iceman. But but if you want to see what we're doing, MattyIceMedia.com is the website. And if you want to listen to shows, they're all there. I'm not going to tell you how to find them. Uh, I'm I'm all over the place. I just like what I do, and I'm just going to keep doing it.
1: No, that's awesome, man, and and the fact that you've gotten to the point where you are with having your own media group and other podcasts on board and have grown it, and and that's just a testament to you and, like you said, how serious you've decided to take it. You're all in, and it shows. I mean, it it shows in uh, the quality of your shows, your content, everything, so um, kudos to you.
2: I appreciate that. And let's get to this hotline.
0: You ready to do it? Yeah,
2: we. I I need to fucking hear it. I can't. I cannot leave this and go down to a toddler without hearing this. Just like
0: the Jeffersons, the pub time is. We're moving on up. Okay, we have a new pub time hotline. We had our first caller, and I figured it was time to.
1: Yeah, we gotta we gotta take the lid off this thing. Yeah. So and just so you all know, the pub time hotline. You can call and leave your own message. One. 309 273 1190
0: only the drunkest will make the show
1: and we have a message
0: Terrence in
1: Seattle right? I believe so yeah alright Terrence let's hear what you have to say
3: hey guys this is Terrence from Seattle I'm on my way to work and I just want to tell you I'm a long time caller first time listener and I just absolutely love the show um I want get the fuck out of the Anyway, sorry. Um, yeah, so I wanted to tell you guys that when I used to listen, I, I, I listen to your show, uh, it's the first run episode. But then I go back at night, and then I listen to the show as I'm going to sleep. And the reason I do that is because it reminds me of train night when I stayed with my mom. And what ended up happening, it was really funny. It was just a really good time. So I would go to sleep in my room, but my mom would always break out her train set. And then my friends, Kyle and Randy, and fuck you,
1: asshole!
3: <laughs> oh, my God. Ah, oh, Jesus, these drivers. Anyway, um, and then uh, and uh, James would come over, and they'd play trains all night. And I could hear how much fun they were having, and it was just a really – it's just a really good feeling for when I cuddle up in bed. So anyway, um, magoots, have a great day. Talk to you later. So,
1: Terrence, we love you. Terrence, train
2: enthusiast. Just like Francois. Before I go, I just want to tell you how amazing it is to think that I'm a Long time caller, first time listener, which means he's been calling the hotline the whole time to the show. And then he's like, fuck it, I'm going to listen to the show after all these calls.
1: Isn't that great? Yeah, the hotline just came to life. He's been calling 273-1190 for years. I, just swear, got him.
2: I, I almost busted out laughing when I heard it. It's like long time caller. And I'm like, how many times do you think he's called before he decided to just tune into the show? That's the best part. Terrence, we do love you. Uh, just don't kill anybody out there and listen yeah. more often than calling. How's that?
1: Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> A bad case of road rage. Well, Terrence. All right, wow. Maddie. In pub time
0: yeah. fashion, do you have any parting words for anybody out there?
2: Just uh, keep living the life that you want to. Do what you want to. Be happy and uh, be safe.
0: And then one last thing, honorary member. Most shows, we get rid of one person. Is there anybody out there in this world right now that you would like to get rid of?
2: That I'd like to get yeah, Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer love right. it.
0: College kickoff. Herb's mm-hmm. gone.
2: The fucking guy. Yeah. He's right. definitely on the list. Thanks. Beers
0: up, boys. Here's to those that wish us well. All the rest can go to hell. Fuck you, Urban Meyer. need none. Everybody in the club getting tipsy.
1: Everybody in the club getting tipsy. Everybody in the
2: club getting tipsy. Everybody in the club getting tipsy. Everybody in the club getting tipsy. Everybody the club getting
1: I won't deny it. I'm a straight bottom. You don't want to fuck with me. I got the police
2: cussing at me, but they can't do nothing to a G.
1: Wow, 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 it's a very nice.